You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Um, a couple things first uh, that we just like to say right up front. Well, first of all, I'm the ex-Christian. Okay. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Okay. <laughs> and um, I'm reading the New International Version of the Bible, the NIV. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the new revised standard version of the Bible, the NRSV. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it contains material that is not suitable for children and maybe triggering to some listeners. But that's still not our fault because it's all in the Bible. It is. Mm -hmm. um, and so today we have a third person in the studio. That's true. The quote unquote studio that is our spare bedroom. Mm -hmm. And you may know him on Twitter as at the shrillest formerly at Shrill Cosby until some things happened. Um, he writes under the name Ezekiel Kweku. He's written for The Toast, Vice Sports, Pacific Standard, and he does a column at MTV News. Um, writes about politics, race, economics, sports, all that good stuff. And uh, I'm going to call him Shrill because that's who he is to me from Twitter. Shrill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, just to start out, what is your religious background? If you don't, if that's not too forward. No, it's not too <laughs> forward. Um, I am a Christian. I was raised as a Christian. Um, my parents are old school evangelical Christians. Mm -hmm. It's exciting for us. You're the first uh, like, actual believing guest <laughs> that we've had so far. So, And what, do you have a specific history with the Bible? Or I mean, like, that's a really dumb question. Isn't it? <laughs> but like, have you read the have you read the Bible like cover to cover? I have read the Bible from cover to cover. Yes. Wow, impressive. How old were you? Um, I, it was over a period of a couple years when I was like, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, age, and you know, there's some parts that I that's the only time I've I've ever read that. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's when that's when I read it cover to cover. Cool. Cool. So you're revisiting it with fresh eyes, yeah. sort of. So what are, exactly are we revisiting today? Today we are talking about Second Samuel, even though Samuel is dead. Right. <laughs> um, so it's a little weird that it's called that, but apparently it used to just be one book, mm -hmm. and it just got split into two somewhere along the translation timeline. or yeah. something like that. Um, and so to, to recap, First Samuel real quick. Right just so we're all on the same page. Um, 
in First Samuel, we had uh, David of David and Goliath fame. He was chosen to succeed Saul as king of Israel because mm-hmm. Saul wasn't faithful enough. This is coming back to me. Um, David is married to Saul's daughter, Michal, and is best friends with his son, Jonathan. Best friends, yeah. Uh, but Saul keeps trying to kill David because he is jealous about him succeeding to the throne, and David keeps escaping. And uh, at the end of 1 Samuel, Saul and his sons died in battle. So we have no Samuel, no Saul, no Jonathan, and we're just chilling with David. So the first thing that happens in this book is he hears about Saul's death. David does, that is. Yes. And in keeping with everything we know about David as a character so far, he's a little broken up about it. Yes. He mourns it and rends his clothes and does all the things that you're supposed to do, weeps and wails. And kills the messenger. Jumps and jives. Yeah. And he also literally kills the messenger. Although the messenger claimed responsibility for Saul's death. He said that, like, he saw Saul dying and so he killed him. Right. I guess he was trying to get, he was hoping for a reward or something. Mm -hmm. It's a reoccurring theme. In this book. Yeah. <laughs> I think David being upset. Oh, people, uh, yeah. That people, people seek his favor by killing people. Or, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I, I didn't. I didn't ask for that. I'm sad. Um, yeah. So that's um, kind of the, the beginning of Second Samuel is um, David basically like doing some military stuff and, and taking over all of Israel. Military back and forth, um, right? Yeah, yeah, military back and forth. Uh, that's kind of... The jumping off point. So David's rise to the throne is not is not as as clean as you might expect because like Saul's sons and some holdovers from Saul's regime like try to keep the throne in Saul's house. Um, specifically, they rally around this guy named Ishbael or Ishbal. Um, and my my Bible has Ishbosheth. Ishbosheth. What, what does yours have, Cheryl? I have his Bible. The same. Translation. So I have Ishbael as well. So Baal, as we talked about, I think in the first Samuel episode, maybe, um, is obviously like this this pagan god that mm-hmm. the Israelites are not supposed to worship. And it um, just means Lord, right? And it just means Lord. Um, and it's also like their favorite god to worship. They can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it just it just meant Lord originally. Mm-hmm. Then it came to mean this god that they're not supposed to worship. So. A later, like, scribe or a later translator replaced all the instances of Baal mm. with uh, the word Bosheth, which means, like, shameful thing. Okay. So all throughout my, like, all throughout my Bible, everything, it's it's Ish Bosheth, not Ish Baal. It's uh, Mephi Bosheth. Oh, uh, okay. Rather than uh, Merub Baal, I think, is the original one. I have Meshi, uh, Mephi Bosheth. Oh, okay. So that one made it to yours. I don't know. <laughs> Um, that sounded like me bragging about getting a Pokemon. I got, <laughs> I got, I got Meshi Bosha. It's a hologram card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but so that's why that's why the differing names, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. So in the process of this, like one of Saul's old advisors, Abner, um, is like propping up Ishbael or whatever Ishbael's attempt to become the king. Abner, son of Ner. Abner, son of Ner. Abner already literally means son, son of, of Ner. Ner. <laughs> right. And Abner's a tricky dude. I think we can all agree on that uh, because <laughs> he's like out for personal gain as well. It makes it very clear because he's like sleeping with Saul's concubines. Okay. Uh, which I gather is a sign that like only the king sleeps with the king's concubines. Makes right. sense. That's what I would assume. <laughs> that also comes into play later. It does. Um, but Abner 
also tries to spy on King David or like tries to defect. It's not 100% clear what Abner's motivations are. Um, but he goes to King David and gets and like has a feast with him while King David is still like King David is representing the house of Judah and like some of Israel is behind him while most of Israel is behind Ishbael. As as the successor to his father, Saul's correct. And the, <laughs> during the feast, King David doesn't suspect anything of Abner. He's like, oh, Abner's here to just make peace or whatever. Uh, but David's main commander, a guy named Joab, doesn't like Abner. Because he killed his brother. In That's battle. right. Um, and so as soon as the feast is over, Joab hunts Abner down and kills him. And David does not back him up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Although he doesn't kill this messenger. That's true. But he does, like, put a curse on Joab. Yeah. Yeah, he says, none of your children will ever be uncrippled, or there will never be an uncrippled one in your Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he has, like he has, like, a whole list. He's like, there's always going to be someone who's crippled. There's always going to be someone who has leprosy, mm. and et cetera, et cetera. The main biblical things <laughs> that you don't want to happen. <laughs> true. But so... Conveniently, somebody that meant David harm and that was working actively against him is killed uh, and taken out of the picture. But luckily, David is guiltless, um, which I think will happen again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're looking at if you're looking at the book as kind of a history, it's like it's very convenient that some of these people just happen. He's just got like a mad dog dude that goes around and kills everybody else for him. Yeah, that's true. And he's completely guiltless. David stays blameless. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Speaking of speaking of killing people that need to be killed, mm-hmm. um, some some of Ishbosheth's dudes betray him and kill him. Right, and he can't even be like a two Brute because Brutus didn't exist yet. That's true. <laughs> Nor did Latin. They bring his head to David, yeah. expect him to get a reward. Yeah, now David is uncontested champion of the world. He unites the belts, but he also kills them. They don't. They don't get a reward. <laughs> That's they true. They get put to death. Yes. They get the ultimate reward. <laughs> the peace of death. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet release of death. Um, so uh, so David takes up his his throne in Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Um, they move the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. In a weird little thing. Yeah, there's like a weird little aside where... Like, the cart gets jostled, and a guy, like, touches the ark to prevent it from falling yeah, out, and straight. so then God kills him. Yeah. <laughs> Poor stupid Uzza, as I say. <laughs> Should have known you're not supposed to take the ark on the I know. <laughs> This has happened enough times before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then as they, as they, like, triumphantly enter Jerusalem mm-hmm. with the ark, David is uh, dancing around with everyone, celebrating, having a good time. Wearing just an ephod. Do do we know what that is? No, I don't know what that is. (laughs) I don't either. I think it's supposed to be like an an undercloak. Okay, an undercloak. Yeah, it's something that isn't like full clothed, Uh. full clothedness. Okay. Because then uh, his wife, Michal, his first wife, who... Is Saul's daughter. Is Saul's daughter and who had actually been given to another man, but now David got her back. Right. um, Sees him dancing in his ephod Mm -hmm. and quote-unquote, despises him. That's true. And she says, like, this is not, like, this is too undignified. You're the king now. No one's going to respect you. Right. And he was like, well, if I'm so undignified, then why did God choose me instead of your dad? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a little harsh. Harsh but fair. (laughs) And this is, like, the second time that David has gotten way into, like, ecstatic dancing, right? Because in 1 Samuel, he also had some time undercover 
as part of like an ecstatic ecstatic dancery troupe. <laughs> wait, 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 is that real? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, I don't remember. He goes, that. he goes into hiding with those holy men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I thought you were just like. I thought you were making up a dance troupe for him. Do you think I would make up a fucking dance (laughs) troupe? Like Chelsea Peretti on like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I thought uh he was like in Florgasm or Sure, 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 sure. Well, there's no evidence that he wasn't in Florgasm. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's real free free with his emotions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he is. He's in touch with them. Oh, and because Michal spoke out against him, she's cursed to be barren until the day she dies. Yeah, so she never has any kids. Oops. It's funny because it's like their first big fight and like... (laughs) <laughs> like that's true. pretty permanent, permanent <laughs> result of like their first spat after like all these years of being apart. It's like yeah, kind of don't funny. don't go to bed angry. <laughs> yeah. Go to bed cursed. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Next thing that happens is the king of Ammon or Ammon okay. dies, um, and David sends his condolences. Oh right, but right. the Ammonites think that he's sending spies, mm-hmm. and so they attack him. It seems like they arbitrarily pick this fight because yeah. they're idiots. And yeah. David stomps them immediately. Well, he stomps their allies immediately. Okay. So now he's, I guess he's like in an ongoing war with the Ammonites. Okay. And I think that's the backdrop to the stuff that's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. Because are we talking about chapter 11 right now? Yeah. Because I love the way that this chapter starts. Me too. I wrote it down. Me too. In the spring of the year... The time when kings go out to battle. Yes. Mine mine says, in the spring at the time when kings go off to war. Yeah. It's like, you know, everybody knows that when (laughs) April rolls around, the kings come out for battle. You know? Like one of those old Disney documentaries. Exactly. Before the long months of winter. (laughs) (laughs) But David doesn't go out to battle. Instead, he's chilling at home in his palace. Mm -hmm. Trolling for pee. He's he's up on the rooftop strolling, uh, and he sees a beautiful woman taking a bath, Uh whose name conveniently is Bathsheba, (laughs) which is how I always remembered it when I was a kid. (laughs) So he finds out who she is, finds out she's married to Uriah the Hittite, Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't care, and he sends for her anyway to have sex with her. It says... uh, it says, like, it was okay for him to have, to have sex with her because, quote, she had purified herself from uncleanness. Well, well, yeah, she, was well ta- yeah, she was just in the bath. <laughs> yeah, she was taking a ritual bath at the end of her period. That's what mine said. Oh, yeah. it does? Oh, mine doesn't specify that. Yeah. I like how they have to... The thing they're worried about is, like, the woman being unclean mm-hmm. here when, like, David is the one fucking someone else's wife. <laughs> True. Not for long, though. As- <laughs> because she gets pregnant. Yes. And he, he sends for Uriah to come back from the battle. Uh. Um, and he's like very casual, he like makes up a pretext, right? He's like, um, the direct quote from my Bible is he asked how the soldiers were and how the war was going. <laughs> Just playing it cool. Mm-hmm. Then um, he's casually like, why don't you go home? It's been a long, you've had a long journey to come over here. So why don't you just go home? What's he getting at there? To uh, hang out with your wife. <laughs> and then Uriah's like, no, no, I couldn't go home. Wow. All, all my brothers are out there in the field. Yeah. Like, I got to sleep in a tent. The The Ark of the Covenant is in a tent right now. I, I could, And meanwhile, David's, like, having rooftop parties in his palace. It's so funny, too, because, like, the, initially when David tells him to, to go, he doesn't contradict David. He just doesn't go home. He, like, just goes, like, the outside of David's house. and He, like, sleeps with there. the servants or whatever. Yeah, he just sleeps out there. 
And then David's like, why, why didn't you go home? Like I said. But why does David he, want him to go home? Just to be like, you know, oh, so spend some quality time with your wife before I kill you? No, he he's he's covering up the pregnancy. Oh. So he figures, you know, if he goes that. home, if he goes home and he has sex with his wife and then he'll eventually he'll just assume that, oh, that's my kid. Man, yeah. David. Because otherwise a... it would have been impossible, right? Because he's, Cause he's, he's out at war. He's out at war. Yeah. So it had to be, it would have had to be someone else. They hadn't come up with the idea of a virgin birth yet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's no paternity test or anything like that. So Although David supposedly has red hair. So one mm. wonders. <laughs> um, David's a sly hog, man. <laughs> yeah, he pulls some you know, house of cards stuff here. Um, so... Yeah, that that plan doesn't work. Um, And so instead, David just has Uriah sent to the front lines Mm -hmm. where he is promptly killed. And then my Bible says, uh, but the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I can think of a couple of reasons why that might displease the Lord. Um, Which I, I, I liked that David slipped up and he wasn't like super perfect all the time. I don't know. I mean, I mean, we could talk about this too. Like when I was growing up i was taught that like david's sin here is adultery quote unquote mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i mean you could think of it as rape because it's not like she right. can really say no absolutely yeah. and he's in a position of power there's definitely some like instances earlier in the bible when it talks about sex where it's like well clearly that's rape but like it wasn't thought of that way or yeah. it that word isn't used but and then his other flaw which we'll get to is he's He's not a good. He's not a good father. <laughs> That's true. Bad, bad with raising his children. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see some of that. But none of these guys are good fathers. I mean, like all throughout Judges, yeah, there yeah. was endless stories of people like good people getting to power and then immediately forgetting how to raise a kid or like why they got to power and then just letting their kids run wild. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, there there's there are not very many good fathers in the Bible. Which is odd because... Just one. <laughs> well, you only need the one. He's <laughs> yeah. the best father. Um, so, yeah. So, Nathan, a prophet who was uh, introduced briefly earlier in the book, comes to David and tells him a little a little tale that says... like It's like a little parable. Yes. Uh, yeah, he basically smuggles David some advice yeah (laughs) through this parable because he can't say it directly i guess so the parable is like there's two men one rich one poor um the rich man has all this livestock but the poor man only has one ewe lamb Mm -hmm. which drinks from his cup and sleeps in his arms and is like a daughter to him and then one day the rich man has a guest and instead of killing one of his livestock he kills the poor man's one sad cute little anthropomorphized lamb Mm -hmm. to serve to the guest um, and David's response is, the man who did this deserves to die. And Nathan's like, you're the man. And he's like, you know, thanks, man. You're the man, too. <laughs> you're the man now. <laughs> um, but yeah, then Nathan's like, no, you fuck up. You killed Uriah. Uh, and David says, I have sinned well, against the Lord. David, in- David, David turns into like the Mr. Krabs meme. It's like, what? It's me? It's like, yeah, it's you. Got to fit these memes into the podcast. Yeah, I figured figured smuggling some memes for kids. Shrill the meme smuggler. (laughs) Uh. So in that parable, David is both, David both kills the ewe lamb 
and the owner of the ewe lamb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the parable's a little uh, imprecise that way. So David's punishment for this mm-hmm. is that... Two punishments. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he gets the curse, the sword will never depart from your house. Yeah. And then... And then uh, the son's going to die. The son that, that Bathsheba is pregnant with is going to die. And is this where he gets to pick his own curse for Israel or is no, that later? That's okay, that's later. So Bathsheba has the baby. It gets sick and it dies. Mm-hmm. David takes this news pretty well. <laughs> he... Yeah. He takes the news that the, the of the impending death pretty hard. Yes. Yeah. Then he starts to fast and he thinks, oh, I can convince God. If I'm if I'm holy enough, if I'm pure enough, that like God will relent on his curse. But then as soon as the kid dies, does he he puts on some lotion? Yeah, he gets up, he stops fasting, eats food. I think he takes a bath, maybe, or something. And his servants are like, Why did you fast and weep while the child was still alive, but now that it's dead, you're not in mourning? And he's like, Well, it's not gonna bring him back. Yeah. The end. (laughs) Pretty reasonable stance. Nothing I can do. (laughs) Yeah. It's like he got over this punishment pretty quickly. And also immediately conceives another son. Like yeah. His, he goes to Bathsheba to comfort her. To comfort her, quote unquote, i.e. have sex with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, they conceive and have another son. And that's like all, that's done in like one sentence. You know, like the, the nine months of pregnancy or whatever. It's like all just done in one sentence. So it's like, oh yeah, this other son died, but he's fine and he has another son. Moving on. Mm-hmm. So then David's son from one of his other wives. Mm-hmm. Amnon, who's who's grown, falls in love with his half sister, David's daughter Tamar. Right from a different wife. They're, so they have different mothers, but David is their father. And it, my my Bible says he became frustrated to the point of illness on account of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know we had the like the euphemism do things <laughs> in biblical times, but yeah, this part's real gross, and I didn't like it. <laughs> That's all I have to I say sh- about it. Sh- I sure not. not. <laughs> yeah, it'd be weird if you did. Um, Amnon's cousin Jonadab says this piece of shit. I know. What is? It? <laughs> Why? Everybody have this piece of shit cousin who's trying to stir things up. Yeah, this like sleazy cousin who's like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna hook you up. Like, here's what I'm gonna do. It's like, I know all about ladies. <laughs> Pretend you're sick and request that Tamar come and like feed you from her hand. Mm-hmm. It's like she won't be able to say no to that, and then you'll get her alone. Perfect. Thanks, Jonah Dad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like the guy who gives you roofies or something like that. totally like the, the equivalent. So then Amnon is like, come feed me in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I'm sick. And then he's like, come to bed with me. And Tamar's like, no. So he rapes her. Mm-hmm. Now, my Bible uses the word rape. Does yours? Uh, I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as he is done raping her, he quote unquote despises her. Yeah, that's arguably, that's what make, turns it into a real shit show of, of emotion here. Yeah, it's like interesting because obviously... Uh, Ideas around rape were very different than, than they are now, which we were just talking about briefly. But this bit seems very, like, psychologically realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, rape as, as an expression of hatred. Yeah. So then he, so he sends her away. Yeah. She is uh, obviously very distraught. 
she what does she do she um like rents her garments or something yeah and she goes to live with one of the other brothers well she tells goes to her her brothers yeah she tells her brother absalom Mm -hmm. who's her full brother what happened and david david finds out what happened and he says he's furious but he doesn't do anything about it yeah which this is this first instance of david david's bad parenting skills (laughs) Well, the second instance, maybe. If you count, oh yeah. If you count, like not caring that your kid died. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So David's like, (laughs) he's not gonna. He says that he's not gonna punish him because he's his firstborn and he loves him. Yeah. Which is an odd thing to be angry about, since you know, also the the person that he raped is your daughter. Right. So. Although one assumes like, the women are worth less, so. I mean, I would expect any of these biblical characters to take the son's side over the daughter's side. Mm-hmm. But if someone from outside the family had raped his daughter, he definitely wouldn't be reacting this way, you know? Yeah, he definitely would have would have killed them. Um, so Absalom wants to get revenge. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, invites him to a, a sheep shearing. Yeah, everybody. All the, Pulls all, the old shear and switch. Uh, all the yeah. <laughs> all the sons of David are going out into the fields for a big sheep shear off. <laughs> but I, it's the servants who are doing the shearing. It says. Yeah, well, you know, it's like a hunt where you don't do any hunting. You just go out to a hunt. You know, like you do. Uh, I I'm not super familiar <laughs> with those sorts of hunts. Well, I mean, you got to get some class. You I gotta... do all my hunting myself, <laughs> and it's all on Google. <laughs> I hunt and I peck. <laughs> anyway, they go out there and Absalom gets a serp. Absalom doesn't even uh, kill himself. He gets yeah, a servant that's true. To he has a servant to it. Amnon. They outsource everything to the servants. The shearing, like, the murdering. I feel like probably he thinks that if he was there, Amnon might be suspicious. Since like in the previously he said he, never, he, he basically stopped talking to him. Right. Right. And so. And like, like two years go by between the rape and the and the revenge. Yeah, he's he's been considering this this plan for a while. Perfect, a sheep shearing. That's the perfect yeah. cover. He'll get drunk there at the sheep shearing. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does say he'll get drunk. Nobody. And then can, you can kill it. <laughs> sheep shearing is too boring for anyone not to get drunk. <laughs> it's like uh, a baseball game. <laughs> then of course, Jonadab fucking snitches on him. Yeah. Tells David. And uh, Absalom flees and goes into hiding so that he won't get punished. And he's out in hiding for like three years. Um, And then Joab, David's right-hand man, he knows that David misses Absalom Mm -hmm. and that he's kind of over Amnon's death after, you know, three years. So... He he does another advice smuggling. Yeah, I don't get this at all. I don't get the point of it. I think I think the thing about David is, and I think the these things illustrate that like David was wise, except when it came to like his, his family, his family, yeah, and like his own lust, I guess. Yeah, and so I think he feels like if he just if he presents it in a way so that David is like out of the picture, he'll recognize uh-huh. what he should do. Mm. But if he just like comes and tells David, then David will be stubborn or won't listen. Mm. But if he like brings it to him in a form that he can think through it with and taking himself out of it, then he'll he he can recognize the right yeah. decision. And so yeah, he pulls another smuggle smuggled advice. Thing. Now that makes a, make a lot more sense. And this one is a 
a woman. A local fortune teller. Yeah, so he has her go up to David dressed in mourning clothes and say that um, one of her sons killed the other and she doesn't want the the living son to be put to death. And David approves that request and he's like, yeah, we won't uh, we won't kill him. That shouldn't happen. And then the woman is like, well, then in that case, shouldn't you say the same for Absalom? <laughs> and, he's like, and then he's like, did Joab tell did you Joab to do it? This? <laughs> I feel like they must have had this conversation yeah. before. <laughs> Joab must have sent you. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yes, the, the king knows everything. I cannot, I cannot stray to the right or to the left. Mm-hmm. It was Joab. And it works. And he brings Absalom back to town. Yes, um, but he won't see him in person. Right. So Absalom comes back to Jerusalem, but still, but they haven't hung out. Yeah. So I think <laughs> they haven't hung out. I mean, he's I back like... in town, but we we haven't like connected. We haven't like hung yeah. out. Yeah. Schedules, Facebook messages. <laughs> yeah. I feel like so. I feel like David's like the reason why he wants Absalom there is just like in the story, this woman says the the woman that Joab sends is like. Like, make sure my son, like, no one kills my son, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why David is willing to bring Absalom to his house or to his city. But he's like, I I don't, I love you, but I don't like you and I don't want to hang out with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it says that uh, Absalom was, like, the handsomest dude in all the land. His hair is a big part of his handsomeness. And when I was a kid, this is true. I imagined Absalom as Fabio. Dude. <laughs> because that was like my reference for. I a, did too. I did too. It totally makes sense. Big, strong, handsome guy, but with like really with long, like flowing, flowing long hair. hair. I mean, that's how I pictured Samson too. Although when we just read Samson, it says he has his hair in seven braids. So that was. But but I think that Absalom is like yeah. doing a Fabio thing it's here. like pulling a Fabio thing. and And it says like. He only cuts his hair when it once like, a year when it weighs him down. Yeah. Yeah. Like his hair is so thick and glorious that like, and then when so, he cuts it off, it like weighs five pounds. Yeah, and they, he like actually weighs it. <laughs> so he's not just like handsome, but like really vain. He does. Like, a, he does a raffle for charity, man. It's, not fun. <laughs> it's lots people, of love. People try to guess totally. guess the weight, you know, buy raffle tickets. Um, and uh, and everything seems to be going great for him, except that. He still can't see his dad in person. Uh, the way he decides to get that audience is very strange. Um, but we will return to that after the break. Okay. Uh, everyone listen to some music, eat some snacks, and we'll see you in a sec. Please stay hydrated. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we have with us a guest, if you're just joining us, at the Shrillist. How would they be just joining us again? Uh, you know. Uh, this isn't a live broadcast. <laughs> this is a live broadcast in my mind. <laughs> uh, maybe somebody just uh, walked into the room while someone else was listening. 
Maybe they did. Hello. And, nice yeah. to see you. <laughs> you look great today. Yeah. Have you been keeping hydrated like we told you? <laughs> uh, what you need to know about this episode is that we have a guest. <laughs> uh, he's at the Shoalist on Twitter, uh, a.k.a. Ezekiel Kwaku, a.k.a. Shirley Tintin. <laughs> a.k.a. the meme smuggler. <laughs> a.k.a. Tro Cosby, formerly. <laughs> now, now deprecated. A.k.a. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's, that's our guest. Uh, we're here talking about the book of second Samuel and, uh, we just talked about Absalom's return to Jerusalem mm-hmm. after his, uh, three year exile. Uh, and after two years back in Jerusalem, yeah, long story short, Absalom stages a coup. Right. Uh, David flees Jerusalem and goes up to the Mount of Olives to pray to God for guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's some, some battle details that we won't go into. Um, basically David, David's army is fighting Absalom's army. Um, but David tells his army not to hurt Absalom because it's his son. Yeah. And they're, they're fighting in the forest. This is such a great scene. I love this. Um, and actually it's funny cause, um, it says that the forest claimed more victims that day than the sword. I so read that pretty, as well. Pretty treacherous forest. That I'm is a, that's a dank forest, right? There. <laughs> what, what is going on in the forest? Maybe it's like a there's like ravines and stuff maybe and people are like tripping and like hurting an- themselves. Maybe there's ants. Or yeah, like a... I definitely thought of that when I read this as a the like Wizard younger. of Oz trees. Sure. Oh man, those things are terrifying. I know those things scared me. But what happens to Absalom is Absalom is riding his horse through his the, mule. His mule. Excuse me. I assume this is a battle mule. You know, strictly for war. <laughs> but so he's riding his, his war mule. A- a- Absalom is riding, riding his Absalom is riding his war mule. <laughs> Through the forest, and he, like a dummy, he gets his like head caught between some branches, and then his mule keeps going like in a fucking cartoon. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly I always, what happened. I always learned this story as he got his glorious hair. That's what I was. Oh my god, that's so much better. Caught in yeah. the branches, but then when I it read like it, brings it back full circle because you remember, yeah. remember his glorious yeah. hair that he loved. Yeah. It, that's the Bible how would he never dies. introduce a head of glorious hair without <laughs> using it later. It's Chekhov's wig. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Chekhov's coif. Yeah, yeah. I, I always learned that it was his hair, but, but it just says head. It here. says head in mine too. So I don't know if that's like a detail introduced by my Sunday school teachers back in the day. Right. Or... I don't know. I just imagine him getting his head squeezed between two branches. And being <laughs> yeah. Ow! 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 <laughs> The hair is definitely more evocative. And yeah, that, that and makes more funny. sense. And it makes the the previous description into like foreshadowing. It makes it like yeah, yeah. literarily significant. But uh, whatever. In any case, Absalom gets dragged off of his mule and he's hanging there, helpless, from a tree. And uh, the, the soldiers don't want to kill him because they know they're under orders to bring him back safe. Uh, but Joab is like, Yo, Yeah, fuck those orders. <laughs> this guy is gonna kill David. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. He takes three spears and he spears Absalom three times. And then all of Joab's armor bearers, all 10 of them, hack the, hack the poor boy to bits. <sighs> lots of, lots of dismemberment in the Bible. That's true. I, we never covered the dismemberment part in Sunday school. We covered the hair part, not the hacking. It's probably because you don't have a, there's no like a relatable, luckily for you, there's no like relatable thing for all the dismemberment in real life. Like for the hair, you not like, in my life like anyway. Fabio, you know, but yeah. for like people getting hacked to pieces. You know, not... like on CSI. Right. Yeah. Um. So then David David mourns his son when he finds out, and uh, it pisses Joab off. And Joab is like, 
I lo- I like this part too. A lot. I know I do too. I really sympathize with Joab because mm-hmm. he's just like he's really good at his job and he's so faithful to David and jo- David does not care. Joab is like real politic and and David is more idealistic. You know, Joab is like you can't put down a rebellion and not kill the pretender king. Like it doesn't work. Like stop being an idiot. Yeah. And just like do your damn job this as is, the king. You've humiliated all your men. You love those who hate you and hate those who love you. Mm-hmm. Um, you've made it clear we mean nothing to you. All like great uh, breakup speech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. But he's and, not and he, does, up and he does say like everyone will leave. Like, yeah, it, if you if you, you like, keep do, if you keep doing this, everyone's gonna leave and you're gonna be by yourself. This will be like the worst thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so David's like, all right. Well, David is partly defined by how much people love him, which is yeah. like a million percent. Yeah. So without that, it's kind of like. Although they did, they like, most people sided with Absalom because he. Uh, who's handsome. Well, and he like went around and gotten everybody's good favors. That's right. Yeah. So. Anyway, this is another one, an example of another one of David's blind spots when it comes to his, his family. Yeah. Mm. So everyone eventually falls in line, pledges their allegiance, allegiance to David. Um, yeah. And, and David goes out to his soldiers and thanks them for their service, yeah. etc. Um there's another guy who tries to stage a coup named Sheba, but that gets quashed pretty quickly. Joab shuts that down pretty yeah. quickly. That that story I like because Sheba is out in the in the countryside and he has the support of some people in the countryside in his rebellion. But then he hi- hides in a in a town somewhere in the in the boonies. And oh, then yeah. Joab just goes to the town and he's like, hey, is Sheba in there? And then the the, this like random woman outside. The head lady, head lady, or whatever is like, oh, Sheba is the one you're looking for. Uh, yeah, we'll send him right out. <laughs> well, they say they say we'll send his head out. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. because Joab's like, I don't know, he's he's like gonna destroy the city. Yeah, he's like s- set up to go to war to get this guy. And so I'm like, wait, wait, like <laughs> why are you here? It's like we want this guy. And he's like, we'll send. Oh, okay, him. yeah, we got that covered. <laughs> I just like that people are like people aren't like totally sold on David because they're willing to support a pretender or whatever. For a little while, maybe. But when Joab comes around, people are just like, oh, yeah, I really don't want to mess with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would rather support anybody than go against Joab. So, so they throw they throw his Sheba's head over the wall. Yep. Um, David makes amends with the Gibeonites. This is what you were thinking of earlier. Yes. Um, for some shit that Saul pulled. Yes. Um, don't really Which wasn't it. mentioned before. Yeah. This is the first time it's mentioned. Yeah. Saul executed some Gibeonites way back then, which goes against the covenant that the Israelites had with the Gibeonites from way back when. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that causes a blood guilt on Israel, which causes a famine. So they fix that. And then we get uh, David sings a a song of praise. Mm -hmm. Uh, My favorite part is when he says, I have been blameless before the Lord. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. (laughs) Well... Your house is like permanently cursed to have the sword always upon it, and like three of your sons are dead. But like whatever. <laughs> uh, then we get to David's mighty men, and now like it's and, like the epilogue. Or yeah. something. It's like David's last word is like now here's like a list of like all the all David's cool dudes that were on his side. It's like and it is David very awesome. cool, dude. It's like yeah. it's like GI Joe stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Robin Hood. It also reminded me of Robin Hood. Yeah. So there's like three. There's three main mighty men. Uh, Josheb. Bashebeth and oh no, Joseph Bashebeth is one. Eleazar and Shama, who are like these super warriors. Um, and it tells an anecdote about like when David wishes out loud, he's like, "Oh, I wish I could have some water from like 
this particular well. Like, that's my favorite well. Right. And these three guys, like, fight off a bunch of Philistines and go, like, get water from the well and bring it back to him. And then he's like, no, 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 I didn't mean it. Literally. He spills it on the ground for the Lord. <laughs> he's yeah. like, this this could have been your blood. I don't want you to risk your lives just to give me my favorite water. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> but thanks. Uh, there's this other guy, Beniah, who it says, uh, it says he both went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Mm-hmm. Yep. And struck down a huge Egyptian. Who <laughs> was handsome. Yeah. <laughs> Made sure to mention that, I believe. Yeah. He killed an Egyptian, a handsome man. A handsome man. Because uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That makes what him more badass. Is. Yeah, but it was a handsome, he was like really handsome. Yeah. <laughs> he was like was a like good a, looking guy. And he just killed him. It was like in Fight Club when he, he felt like destroying something beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then it, like, there's a list of 30 mighty warriors that A, includes Uriah the Hittite, mm-hmm. who he had killed to mm-hmm. steal his wife. And B, after saying, like, here's a list of 30, it ends with the sentence, there were 37 in all. I know. I love that. <laughs> so it's roughly 30. In yeah. the same way that I think 1,000 means something way less than 1,000 in the book. Yeah, yeah. It's Plus like... the, the 30 is much cooler than the 37. That's true. Oh, 37 might be, like, numerologically significant. I'm sure it all is. Well, yeah, who knows? Does David say anything super significant in his last words? I don't remember. <laughs> so it sounds like a probably not, huh? No, it's just like... God has spoken to me and God is cool and God will help me prosper. Yeah, yeah. He also says the godless are all like thorns that are thrown away. Oh, mine says evil men are all to be cast aside like thorns. Kind of like mine better. I kind of like mine better. Do you want to fight? (laughs) I'm sizing you up. (laughs) My hair weighs five pounds. (laughs) I was like, I got reach, but we're both as... Was weak as kittens. So yeah, we are both very skinny. <laughs> um, anyway, so then uh, we end with the census and the curse. Yes, which is the, arguably the most exciting census in the Bible so far. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten to the New Testament yet. Well, I said so far. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, it's like you weren't even listening to me. <laughs> um, do you want to fight? <laughs> so this is a very strange passage. Yes says, again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel. And he incited David against them, saying, go and take a census of Israel and Judah. Yeah. So first we have like this unspecified thing that Israel has supposedly done that makes God angry. Yeah. And we're not sure what. It could frankly be anything. (laughs) It could be almost anything. Honestly, good. We've seen people get killed for very minor infractions. And, uh... Then we have God getting David to do a census, which God wouldn't like David to do, basically. I am very unclear. Well, I'm unclear about multiple details. So he does this census. And then as soon as it's over, he says, oh, I've sinned against the Lord. I don't understand why Why, taking a census census is a sin. sin. So I think um, earlier in the Bible, uh, there's a thing like in one of the books of the laws that's like you can only take a census under this condition and it's something like you can take a census but then you have to like like uh give like an offering to god Uh, and i think the thing about the census is that you can only count stuff this is what i was taught anyway like you only count stuff that belongs to you that's like your property you're like 
make an accounting of it. Like this is all this is all my stuff. And so in taking a census, David is like Israel is like mine when it's supposed to be God's. Yeah, I thought it might be something like that. And so, because the only like numbers that it actually gives are like the numbers of uh, like able-bodied men who can be soldiers. Yeah. So I guess it kind of seems like it's he's like showing off how many good yeah, soldiers yeah. he has, but mm. he's not like counting the rest of the people for like a organizational purposes. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just like showing off how glorious his army yeah. could be. I feel like it's almost the picture I have in my mind is like an old like military like parade mm -hmm. like they would have in like Soviet Russia and they'd have like all the tanks or like, come like by. like Kaiser Wilhelm or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, like showing off his soldiers. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's what I sort of imagine when I hmm. imagine this instead of like an accountant going around and being like, there are three men here. Well, he uses the army spheres. to count people up, which Joab is none too impressed by. Yeah, Joab doesn't think this is a good idea. Yeah, well, Joab always knows. Joab's like a real voice of reason. Yeah. Another interesting detail I don't know if this counts as a spoiler. You can you can cut this out if this is a spoiler. <laughs> but later when you get to Chronicles and they describe the same passage, it tells you that Satan is the one who told David to, to count everyone. Interesting. Yeah, Satan hasn't been than, invented yet. Rather than um, God doing it. So, yeah. So that's like it is interesting because it says that God tells him to do this. But it says like in my Bible, the words are he, he incited David against Israel. So he like purposely tells david to do something wrong mm -hmm. yeah it also reminds me a little bit of pharaoh yes yeah so like when Moses. when god hardened pharaoh's heart oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. he's like like he like hardens pharaoh's heart so that he won't let the people go yeah. right. and then we god talked calls about that in our exodus episode yeah, so yeah. it's like similar i feel like similar um, sort of thing god clogged his arteries with <laughs> saturated fats <laughs> Insoluble cholesterol. Um, yeah, but David doesn't need a little parable this time to realize that he messed up. Yeah, he just immediately He's realizes. Like, oh, and then and it's funny too because like it must have taken like a long time. Yeah, to like, right, do it. right. And then like and then he's like, huh. Nico, you uh, worked Seems for the census really briefly. I did work Last for the census. census. Yeah. Are you asking me whether it felt like a sin at the time? <laughs> did it feel because like it did? <laughs> Did it feel like you were just showing off how many soldiers the U.S. government had? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Let's go with yes. <laughs> so then uh, so then God curses him, but he lets him choose which curse. Yeah. It's a classic Monty Hall problem. He should have... <laughs> he should have opened the second door. <laughs> yes. No, or you change your guess after you figure out what the first curse is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what, what, uh, what does he choose? He chooses a uh, plague. He chooses three days of plague, baby. Um, Which is the shortest, yeah. the shortest one. And Seems then like the shortest one. he like weasels him into cutting it down to one day. Yeah, well, because then he sees all these innocent people dying of the plague and he's like, punish me. I'm the one who fucked up, not them. So he could have had three years of famine and he cuts that all the way down to one day of plague. And also God was like, apparently, he's like, this is awful. <laughs> yeah, actually, God does that a lot. God's like, man, he's this like, is pretty bad. I regret this. It's like, Although he's like, this is this is like what I should be doing, but also like it looks awful, so I'm gonna I'm gonna relent. So like that's that's enough. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while since God has done that though. Has has like full throatedly implemented a plague. You yeah, know? yeah, it's true. And then backed away from it. Yeah, but it's been a while since that. Um. Oh, the way he stops it is like there's another prophet named Gad who gives him these instructions from God who tells him to like buy a threshing floor and then make a sacrifice on the threshing floor and then the plague stops. 
Um, something that's interesting in my Bible's footnotes is as it as it grapples with the idea that like God told him to take the census, but then punishes mm-hmm. him for taking the census. Um, my Bible's footnotes say, although scripture is clear that God does not cause anyone to sin, it is also clear that the evil acts of people and Satan are under God's sovereign control. So I feel like that's above my pay grade. I was I was interested in this because like I'm interested in paradoxes, but this one seems not okay. So I was trying to think about like what what why am I interested like where when do paradoxes make things deeper and when do they make things shallower? Mm-hmm. So like for example, Joab is caught in this dilemma where he's really loyal to David right. and he wants to do everything in David's best interests, but that ends up like never getting rewarded and hurting him. Or like you have David. Well, it hurts Joab, but it benefits David. Right, right. I meant hurting Joab. Yeah. Um, and then like David loves his son, but is in a war against him. Like, I think those are really interesting paradoxes that capture, uh, this thing we experience in life where you have two feelings that seem like they should be mutually exclusive, mm-hmm. but you're having them both at the same time mm-hmm. because that's how like emotionally complex humans are. But then this just seems to be like, this is the kind of thing that, that I ultimately couldn't reconcile when I was a Christian of like, if God controls everything, then why do we sin? Like, does he make us sin if he's in control of everything? And why would he do that? You know? And Instead of, like, going deeper into that, I feel like this paradox just makes it really shallow mm-hmm. and just makes it like, well, God is perfect and you're a sinner and that's the end. Uh, yeah, God's in control of everything, but also you're the one who's responsible for your sin. God's responsible for everything, but at the same time, you're responsible for your sin. But God's responsible for everything good and also the sin, but that's actually you, you know? Right. Like, this is it feels like the paradox that breaks, like, breaks set theory, you know, if, like there's like a set of numbers, then all countable numbers belong to that set, except countable numbers or like whatever that thing is, you know, (laughs) whatever that proof is, which is a paradox I cannot get down with because I don't understand it. (laughs) And and because I think you can count numbers and that's about the end of it for me. (laughs) Taking a bold stance on numbers here on Sunday School Dropouts. That's right. Come at me, please. You can count them. And explain that math problem to me. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's my feelings on... uh... Book of Second Samuel, Shul. What did you think? Um, it was interesting to read it again. Um, I was saying during the break that it doesn't seem like being a king is really worth it. No, it seems like a mess. Yeah, it seems really high risk, low reward sort of yeah. occupation. And you can sort of see why God was like, "We should, you guys shouldn't have any kings." Yeah, absolutely. Like, kings are bad. You don't yeah. want that. Um, but Israel always demands one. Yeah. yeah. But it's definitely one of those situations like where, you know, Coke has to spend more on advertising than any other soft drink company, even though they're like the the best known, the biggest company. Another paradox. Because <laughs> why should they have to advertise such a quality product? Beautiful red can, uh, tasty crisp flavor, <laughs> Pepsi Hup, classic American product. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about uh, the Coca-Cola company, the good folks at the Coca-Cola company. George's finest. But yeah, being king does seem to suck. Yes. It seems like you spend all your time and energy just staying king. Yeah, pretty much you raise some kids and they immediately plan to find a way to kill you and fuck your wife. Yeah. And kill each other too. Yeah. So overall, less seems less glorious than sort of my 
my memories of David's kingship. Yeah, I also. But it's also it's also interesting because this is sort of the one that goes him and Solomon's kingships are sort of like the ones that go the best. <laughs> yeah, like, and they're always like. Oh no! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, oh, and Solomon is his son. His with, son. Uh, yeah. I saw it in the with Bathsheba. In the, yeah. Which we didn't mention, but that's the son that doesn't die, the replacement son. And I think also David basically doesn't make mistakes except when it comes to like family things. Yeah. Right. I don't and, count the census because God made him do that anyway. But then there's the, also the uh, Ark of the Covenant, right? Like he's supposed to carry it. But he puts it on a cart, and that's why that guy dies. Well, the the uh, Bible says specifically he puts it on a new cart. Yeah, it's a, brand, a brand new cart. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like he thought like the part of that like the fact that it was like on a brand new cart, specially yeah. made for the ark, um, would cancel out the fact that you're like, not supposed to use. Poor damn Uzzah had to die for it, yeah. and then God and David gets mad at God for that. He's yeah. like, he's like, why the fuck? Uzzah just touched the thing, and you killed him. Well, I, it's pretty clear that he doesn't know. It seems like he doesn't know what he did wrong, right? Right. I think, right. I almost feel like he. It's like a piece of machinery that malfunctioned, and he like gets freaked out. He's like, like I'm not gonna use this again. Like, let's he, like just, goes like, back cool and, off. Yeah, he's like goes back and like looks at the operation manual. Like, <laughs> what? Like, why did this Consults happen? Consults like Asha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like David also. For all his foreign policy battles, he doesn't like killing people. Yeah. And he doesn't, especially, he doesn't like, he especially doesn't like killing people he, he knows and has relationships yeah. with. Yeah. Well, also, so, he like, doesn't like killing people who are like Israelites. He doesn't like killing like, God's chosen people. Yeah. Like killing Philistines is fine. So, I mean, he doesn't, you know, even after Saul dies, he doesn't like try to get rid of the rest of Saul's house. Right. Which it's implied is sort of like the standard thing to do. Yeah. Right. So David, I think David is sort of, I mean, to me, it's not clear that those are all the wrong things to do, right? So like he shows mercy to various people that he could kill, mm -hmm. but he doesn't kill them. And I feel like it shows he's sort of out of step with the rest of um, his time. Yeah. He's, like, mm -hmm. he's out of step with his time. Like Joab is basically like what a sensible person from the time would do right and then you have his, his like whatever his wisdom is like contrasted with david who's just like sensitive and cries all the time <laughs> doesn't want to kill like people so like abner comes to david and's like and david's like all right beef squashed like we're cool now mm -hmm. and he's so you have that on on that hand but then he like deals pretty harshly with people he feels like broke god's law yeah yeah, like, or have killed God, God's chosen people. Yeah, he doesn't like that. And the only person he 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 doesn't like deal with harshly for doing that is Joab. Yeah, like Joab kills his son, and David's like upset, but he doesn't like. He doesn't punish, kill. Joab. He doesn't kill Joab. Yeah. That's true. Although Joab does have a curse on him from killing Abner. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, Joab would be okay with that. He'd be like, hey, you know what? Kept Israel together. So, like, what's a curse on my family? <laughs> yeah. I think Job was my favorite character. Job's pretty great. His speech to David is so badass, too. I know. I just, the, I uh, felt... the speech after David's crying about Absalom. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I work as a copy editor, and I do a lot of work that's, like, you, by definition, don't get credit for it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you're just the person behind the scenes 
who makes something really good sometimes. I mean, sometimes. In the ideal ideal scenario, yeah. You, well, like sometimes you get a piece of writing that doesn't need like any editing and it's already brilliant. But a lot of times you get something that's mediocre or even bad and you have to make it look really good. And I feel like that's Joab is kind of like a biblical copy editor in this way that he's doing all this behind the scenes work. He's not getting any credit for it, but he's the one who's making David's shit run. Mm -hmm. But Joab isn't favored by God. Right. David is. Right. Because writers get all the glory. You can't fake that. (laughs) You know, you can't fake that. That's true. Should we wrap it up? Should we rate this book? Yes, let's rate this book. All right. So, Lauren, how would you rate this this book, Second Samuel, aka All the Men I Didn't Get? <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it, I think, seven out of eight mighty men. Seven out of eight mighty men. Yeah. Nice. That's a great score. Um, because I I was just really intrigued and impressed with all the psychological complexity in here. Mm-hmm. Um. It felt like the characters were, were like, really three-dimensional. Um, like I said, I love Joab. Um, I loved David's, uh, like, being torn between loving his son and needing to kill his son. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only thing I'm going to mark it down for is just that bit at the end that is, like, why I ultimately couldn't be a Christian. <laughs> so Impressive that, that only loses uh, one mighty man from you. Well, yeah, because... Now, in my life now, like, literature is my religion. Mm. So this was a great piece of literature, but... Not a great piece of religion? Not, for me, not a great piece of religion. Wow. Okay. What about you, Joel? I'm going to rate it um, eight concubines out of ten. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, think it's, I think it's nice to go back and see how flawed David david is Mm -hmm. um but at the same time like how his flaws to me are all flaws that i understand Mm -hmm. like i can understand him not wanting to kill people when he if he doesn't have to if he can avoid it that's something i can i can i can can relate to that (laughs) yeah well and he's also like the first person in the bible to like feel that way (laughs) yeah he just he's just like i just don't I would like to show mercy to people when I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's later described as being after God's own heart. And I think that's part of the reason is because he's wants to be merciful. And he um, it's also kind of weirdly humble. Like he immediately apologizes <laughs> like when he, when he screws up, uh-huh. which is also like a, a pretty new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like, He's not like super into himself, like times when he could sort of be gloating or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just he doesn't like mm-hmm. when Saul dies. Like if that were me and Saul died and I'd also I didn't also I didn't have to kill him. <laughs> I would be I'd be pumped. Like I'd be on Twitter like <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I that wouldn't have. I don't think that would have been me just being like, wow, this is really sad because you know God's anointed one um the two the two concubines that i i deduct from it is because i i'm i'm pretty uncomfortable with the idea of david being a rapist which i believe is true Mm. (laughs) and not really suffering consequences from it like his unborn son dies Mm -hmm. but is immediately replaced by solomon who turns out to be his only good son basically i mean and so 
it's uncomfortable because you get this him basically being redeemed, but he doesn't. I mean, I guess his his life, like the rest of his sons, turn out awfully. So maybe that's part of his punishment, <laughs> like try to kill him and stuff. Um, but I mean, all in all, his life isn't isn't too bad. He doesn't, and there's no like specified direct consequences mm-hmm. of that uh, particular for like action. a rape per se. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are for Amnon. Yeah, <laughs> he does die for it. He does die for it. Um, so that, that makes me uncomfortable. But overall, I I like I liked it. Yeah. How about you? I would give it uh, 9 out of 11 brand new carts. Brand new carts? Yes. I mean, pretty much I, you guys expressed my opinions about it very succinctly and well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very nice piece of literature, complex characters. Um, has lots of interesting little bits. While at the same time, there's just a little bit of that bibble weirdness crammed in at the end there where I'm just like, okay, I don't really get this and it doesn't make any sense. Um I like the lack of a of a capricious god, you know, who's constantly giving and removing favor for arbitrary reasons. Yeah, he only did that like once or twice in this one. <laughs> yeah, but actually most of the times that he took away his favor, it was, you know, for relatively justifiable reasons. Except for that one time when poor Uzza touched the cart. <laughs> well, the census too. The census as well, yes. So there you go. That's It loses a couple carts from me for that one. But you know what I just realized? Is this the first book that we've read... That we like get through and they didn't worship Baal? <laughs> Recently, yes. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess I guess they didn't in Ruth either. There was none, none of that. No. Ruth... But that's because Ruth was such a specific scope. Very true. Um, but good job, Israelites. Yeah, <laughs> nice one. Uh, pro- probably another reason why David, um, I mean, that's probably the other reason why David's like the, a good king mm. in retrospect. Because like Israel never, although they like leave David. They're never tempted to worship idols. That's true. And generally, like, that comes, you know, in the Bible, it seems to come from the top. Like, mm-hmm. whatever the king does, that's what everyone else does. Or whenever so, there's a good judge, then Israel is cool, but then the judge dies and... A bad judge replaces, yeah. and everyone, like, they lose, like lose their minds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, David, like, David keeps everyone worshiping God. So, that's another reason, probably, for his renown. Good stuff. Good stuff, well, everybody. Thanks for that, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note... Um, We're going to wrap up the episode. Yes. Shrill, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at EzekielQuaku.com, but probably easiest to find me is to go to Twitter.com slash The Shrillist, where you can find me tweeting when I shouldn't be tweeting. And you can also find people tweeting him saying... First things first, I'm the shrillest over and over and over and over again. And you can also find people making references to the Andersons, which is an ambiguously raced family who really likes to go to NBA games. Um, and <clears throat> if you watch the NBA at all, you can you see their commercials like four times a day. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I have nothing. Nor do I. I, I have no, I have no, no point I'll, of reference for that. In any I'll, way. Show, I'll show you, show you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, listeners, you'll have to look that up on your own time. Mm-hmm. Anderson's got tickets to the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's, what's important about finding shrill, the mm-hmm. Anderson's. Okay. Uh, to find us, you can go to at Sunschool drop on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look us up on Facebook, Sunday School Dropouts. I think the URL is Sunschool Drop. I don't think that I know it. Facebook.com slash Sunschool Drop. I think that's right. 
um, you can send us email if you want to get in touch with us. We have an email address. It's contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. Coincidentally enough, that's also our website, sundayschooldropouts.lol. And uh, if you want to support the show, if you want to, oh, yeah. uh, besides telling all the cool, interesting people that you know about the show and forcing them to listen, possibly at knife point, I'm not going to encourage you on that for liability reasons. <laughs> at Ark of the Covenant point. <laughs> <laughs> touch them with it if they don't listen. <laughs> if you got one. Yeah. Touch it. If, touch them if you got one. Um, the most helpful things you can do are to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, if you look us up on iTunes, you can rate and review the show. You could give us, for example, I don't know, five out of five concubines. It, that, that is a potential rating that you could give us. Uh, Just, you know, for example. For example. Um, that's one of the most helpful ways you can help other people find the show, which is the thing that would delight us uh, above all else, except, of course, the favor of the sweet Lord above. Um <laughs> Um, thank you to Elise Carlton for our beautiful logo. Yes. And thank you to Nico for all our music and sound engineering. You're welcome. And uh, that's it. That's we it. We will see you on Sunday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs>